Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. You're taught to think in a certain way and interpret things around you. And when something weird happens, you try to kind of explain that within the realm that, that, that you're living in. And you try to explain things so it makes sense to you, so you can sleep in peace. I grew up in, in Karachi, that's where I was born and raised. There were four of us, four, four siblings, mom and dad, very close, very loving, you know, just a normal family. When I was in my mid-teens, we were visiting, you know, uh, these family friends of ours. And this particular visit, you know, it was just me, uh, my mom, and my little sister. The plan was to, you know, go spend some time with them, have early dinner and then come back. And they had a daughter. Her name was Farah. My family uh, had known Farah's family before I was born. And uh, Farah was the only, only child. She was a friend of mine. And me and Farah, you know, grew up together. And I, I was, you know, kind of fond of her. And my mom said, well, you know, Farah, she's been sick for a while and, you know, she said it so casually. It was like there was nothing to it. Sure, you know, everybody gets sick. So we take the bus. You know, we were poor. We did not have a car. We enter the house. And my, you know, my mom and her mom, you know, they chit-chat. And after a while, my mom, you know, said, okay, let's go and, you know, see how far I was doing. And, you know, I did not think much of it. You know, okay, let's go, you know. So we get up and we go through the door. In the back room, not much light. There was a one window in the back, and you know that was shut. So all the light we had was, you know, through the through the door. It's it's very sparsely uh, furnished. There's hardly anything. There was just a table with a glass, and she was sitting on the floor, and her hair was all over the place. You could barely see her face. I mean, she was a horrible sight. I mean, just imagine somebody who wasn't bathed in, in days. And I kind of look at her, and then I look around, and I look at her. And then my mom says, hey, how are you? Are you feeling okay? Are you, are you well? Are you... There's no response. And she was just sitting there, not moving and that I felt was a bit weird 
I was hoping that we kind of, you know, say, hey, hello, what's up? Because when I heard, you know, she was sick, I thought, you know, sick. You still talk to people, right? You're still social. And then she does something that just, I will never forget. She goes into this frenzied motion. She just violently. The sound she was making was just, I mean, I still hear it. And after, I don't know, two, three minutes, she stops. Just, just stops. Looks straight. And she's looking at me. And I try to avoid, you know, eye contact because I'm nervous. And I take my, you know, my eyes go like this towards the table and there's a glass. And all of a sudden it moves. And I look back and there's this smile on her face. You know, I could see that through her hair and she's looking at me. I mean, I didn't know what to say or, or what to think. I was really scared. It was one of those moments when where everything goes out of the, out, out the window, you know, or your logic, your science, your, your rationale for everything. And I felt so uncomfortable I left the room, you know, I, I walked out and my sister and mom, you know, followed. Uh, <laughs> and I remember asking my mom, did you, did you see see that? And she goes, what? I said, you didn't see the glass move? She goes, no. And it's a weird feeling when you're the only one who experiences that and then everybody's kind of, you know, refuting you. I'm feeling un uncomfortable. I just want to leave that house. So we left and I'm feeling weird. We go to the bus stop. This is, you know, Karachi, you know, a third world country back in the, in the late 70s. Throngs of people all around. A huge number of people would try to get in the bus and it was really kind of chaotic. Get on the bus. And I was lucky to find a, a window seat. And after like, maybe like few miles from where we started, and the bus stops and out there there's a sea of people. And I'm looking out, out the window, looking at people, looking at people, and all of a sudden... That's her. That's Farah. And I make eye contact, and she's looking at me with the same smile. Same hair, exactly the same look. And I, I mean, I know it was her. It, there is no doubt in my mind that, that that's who I saw. There is no way, you know, she could have taken a bus or a car or something that fast. You know, that sick girl. And now I'm really beginning to feel really scared, freaked out, still, 
you know, reliving, you know, that experience, you know, in, in the house. And I, and I try to show it to my sister because I, I want people to know what's happening. Is, is that, that, that's her. Look, that's her. And she goes, who, who what, where? And I'm, my eyes are still on her. And I go, and I go, and I, and I don't know what to make of it. So we, we, we go home in the middle of the night when I'm sleeping with my sister who were like two, two beds on the floor. In the middle of the night, I wake up and I have this you know, strange feeling. And I open my eyes. this silhouette appears and I know I mean I bloody know it's her I don't see her eyes this time same here and she's still but there's this strange energy about her you know that kind of you know fills up the whole room and before I can think anything like a gush of wind she's just like on top of me this beam with incredible like physical power and she was so heavy on top of me in complete like control of me physically speaking and me trying to you know wrestle myself out of it and then her right hand pushes my chin all the way back and I can't utter a sound. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? What do you do? She's so heavy. And of course, you know, she, she's a girl. You know, she's about like five, four, maybe. And she's this beam with incredible, like, physical power. I just fought her. It's like getting control of yourself just seems to take so long and then she's gone I, I regained the control and I and I was trying to of course scream or say something and it came out as this and it was so loud, it was so loud that my, my mom wakes up and she comes running, you know, to our room and she goes, who was, who was that? Oh, Iqbal, are you okay? And I said, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. That's all I could say, I don't know. And they said, oh, I'll go back to sleep. My mom, you know, texts me back in and, uh, she leaves me and, and I try to go back to sleep, just saying, oh my God, what if she comes back? And I'm afraid to look at the door, you know? I just close my eyes and say, oh God, you know, no, no, no. 
in the morning, you know, at, at breakfast, right before, you know, we all, you know, leave for school, I tell my mom, you know, that I, I saw her and she goes, you know, I think you're going through a lot of stuff, you know. I don't know, you, you saw something that day, you were scared. So she never really actually believed me. I don't think I have been scared like that ever, you know, since then. And I still, when I like think of it, uh, I try not to think about it uh, because it's, it <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to, of course, you know. And I don't know what happened to, you know, Farah. And I never went back to that house. A friend of mine, you know, I told him, I think he's the only one I told, said that spirits who take control of, of people. And that spirit, you know, saw me as a, as a home. And she wanted to take control of me. But she could not because... I turned out to be somebody who could not be controlled. Everything else in the world makes sense to me, except those incidents. Like, I still don't talk about it because uh, I'm afraid that people think that I'm weird. I mean, I know what I felt, you know. I know what I saw. And that's all I can say, you know. <laughs> This is Shannon in Abu Dhabi, and you are listening to RPA, Real Paranormal Activity, with my good friend, Aaron Hunter. Hey guys, Aaron here, and it is Monday, January 29th, 2024, episode 313. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And man, always glad to be back in the hot seat. As far as announcements are concerned, man, all last week it was warm. Everything is thawing out. All the snow that dumped on us the week before, it's almost gone now. A lot of water, a lot of slush, 34 degrees during the day, eh, right around 33, 32 at night. It's still melting. And yeah, man, you go outside, you have a nice walk. Almost feels like spring with a slight scent of, of dog poo in the air that just kind of floats there like fog. Yeah, you're walking through all that. Yeah. <laughs> You guys in large cities, you guys know what I'm talking about. Whenever the first thaw comes around, yeah, it starts to stink around here. <laughs> and also, well, tomorrow, Tuesday, a new episode of Aaron's Horror Show with Mr. Aaron Frey will be out. And also this Wednesday, Terry's Mysterious Moments with Terry from Texas. Not sure, haven't heard from him yet, but we'll find out by Wednesday if he has a new episode or not. So look out for that. And, of course, as always, this Friday, two new entertaining short films will be out. This past Friday, though, you know, we released two entertaining short films. Check that out. Plus, a new My Paranormal Experience episode. So, go to realparanormalactivity.com, watch it there, or use the RPA app. It's free. And that is it. Short and sweet. We're going to do more listener stories, as usual. And as far as you people out there around the world, if you have your own experience you want to share, just send it to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N at realparanormalactivity.com, and I'll read it off on a future episode. So let's get this show on the road. Oh, yeah, man. You guys know what that means. Come on, say it with me. Say it with me. That's right, to the story then. Follow me right this way. No pushing, no shoving, and the fires are still blazing. Nice and toasty in here. You guys know the deal. 
grab a beanbag over there in the corner, find an empty spot on the floor, and then as you guys are doing that, get behind my desk here as usual. Oh yeah. And I printed off Britt's packet. Let's see what storage he has picked out for us today. Okay. Looks like we got a short one, a medium one, and a long one. All right. Let me take a sip of my green tea real quick. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. So good when it hits the lips. All right. The first one. This one is by Forever, and it's titled Grandmother's House. Okay, Forever, let's see what you got, man. This is my first story, and it didn't even happen at my house. I love going to my grandmother's house. It feels like my second home, but I'm positive it's haunted. This story happened before I was born, but my dad told me all about it. It was Christmas, and my dad was home alone at my grandmother's house. Everyone else, my mom, grandfather, and grandmother, were at church. My aunt was running late. She's always running late. Always. But anyway, my dad was watching TV in the back room. Just to be clear, if you're in the back room of my grandmother's house, you have to go down the hallway. Turn left, go down a little and then turn right to get to the steps. That's the back room. And then there was the living room and front door. And so my dad was just watching TV when he heard someone or something run up the steps. He thought it was just my aunt getting something. So he called out, Hey Lizzie, I'm in the back room. And no response. My dad shrugged and thought that maybe Lizzie didn't hear him. But after about 10 minutes, she still hadn't come down. He went to the bottom of the steps and yelled up that he was here. And still, no response. Later, when everyone was home, he asked Lizzie if she was at the house. She claimed that she wasn't. She said she went right to church, never even passing the house. But my dad knew he heard someone run up the stairs. And it was loud, like footsteps, not normal house noises. Then, something happened to me. I was at my grandmother's house for a sleepover. My grandmother and grandfather were at church, but my aunt was watching me. And my sister and cousin. They left early, and it wasn't until later that we learned my grandfather went to church too. But we heard heavy footsteps upstairs. We thought it was just my grandfather... Later, when they came home, my aunt gasped and asked, You weren't upstairs. Who was upstairs? Now, you may see a pattern. The owners of the house weren't there when it happened. They were at church. It was all upstairs, or going upstairs. And it sounded like someone, but turned out not to be. My grandparents just laughed and said, It's a ghost. Or in other words, it has happened before. Love the stories. And man, that's from forever, forever. Thank you very much for sharing. I loved it. Yeah, we get this all the time. You know, you think it might be another family member in the house, but it turns out they're not there. 
And, of course, when you question the family member, they say, yeah, you know, we weren't even near the house in this case. And it sounds like your grandparents are, uh, you know, at the end here, uh, they just joked around about it. But, yeah, you're probably right. They've been living there for a long time, right? And uh, they're probably used to that sort of thing, which that's not unusual either. Uh, a lot of people are kind of surprised at first, right? Scared. They're, they're wondering, you know, what's going on? What's all these noises? Then as time goes on, they figure it out and they just leave it alone, whatever it might be, because it's not bothering them, right? In this case, it's, you know, footsteps upstairs or footsteps going up the stairs. And that's about it from what you mentioned. So, yeah, yeah, we get these all the time. Yeah, forever. Thank you very much for sharing. You know, it's a great story. Yeah, you know, this stuff's pretty rare, guys. Uh, when it happened to me, yeah, that's the first thing i was running around trying to figure out trying to debunk things when i finally figured out okay this is getting a little bit too uh too noisy right <laughs> at the farmhouse uh that's when you get spooked and then you, you just got to figure out well what do i do now i mean what's going on yeah fun times <laughs> all right what's next what do we got This one is by Aaron, and it's titled, Whispers. Okay, Aaron, see what you got, man. A couple years ago, I had moved out of my parents' house to go to college, but I still came home on the weekends to visit them and would usually stay overnight. At the time, my old room was being used for storage, so I was sleeping on a lovely little bed made of 14 blankets on the floor with my head right up against one of the heater vents in the midst of all the boxes they kept in there. I had lived in that house for 16 years prior and had only one unusual thing ever happen to me while I was there, but I just shrugged it off as a lucid dream. Once I started going back to visit them, I noticed my cell phone would rapidly lose battery life overnight, going from 70% to 12%. Of course, at first, my thought was that my phone was going to crap and that I need to get a new one. But sure enough, I noticed it would only happen when I spent the night there. It didn't happen at my apartment, not once. It was definitely starting to get a little weird. And one night, I was staying overnight on a Monday, so I knew my parents and my sister would be getting up early and getting ready for school and work the next day. I woke up and it was still dark out, so I figured it was still decently early in the morning. But I could hear female voices talking downstairs in our basement, which is filled with spiders and such. And we only go down there to do our laundry. And I thought that it was odd that both my mother and my sister would need to be downstairs to do their laundry that early in the morning. But I just went back to sleep. I awoke for the day. I asked my mom why her and my sister were both doing laundry so early, and she told me that neither of them were down there. I insisted that I heard two women talking coming from the basement through the heat register by my head, but she assured me no one was in the basement. Slightly shook from her response, I messaged my father, a huge believer in the paranormal and all that. 
I told him I heard people talking downstairs during the night and that mom had told me no one was down there at all. And his immediate response was, were they woman's voices? Now, slightly more shook, I told him, yes. And all he said back was, you hear them too. Later that evening, he and I talked, and he told me that sometimes, on nights that he stays up late, he can hear what sounds like two women talking through the heating vent in his bathroom. And that was how he knew to ask if they were female voices. He had been hearing them, too. Thank you for reading. And man, that's from Aaron. Aaron, thank you very much for sharing. Great story. Kind of creepy. But, um... Yeah, again, just like the last story, uh, if they're just kind of hanging out in the basement, not really doing much, you can leave them alone, you know, they're not doing anything. And that's kind of cool that your dad, uh, even though he's a believer of the paranormal, but it sounds like he hears them too, but in the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah, pretty cool stuff. I wonder if your sister and your, you know, your mother, uh, I wonder if you asked them as well. I bet they might have heard something too. But yeah, Aaron, thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I can't wait for all the rest of the snow to be gone. Yeah, most of it's melted. It's just a bunch of, you know, piles of slush here and there. That sort of thing. Wet snow. But uh, hopefully we don't get any more snow like we did a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that was horrible. All right. What do we got? What's next? This one is by Mr. Riggs. And it's titled house haunting okay mr riggs let's see what you got man in 1992 i rented a house in fredericksburg virginia following several years of living abroad it was a rather pleasant house a ranch design in an older neighborhood there were many large trees that gave shade in the summer and a wooded area behind the house Along with the friendly neighbors and a genuinely calm overall, it was a nice place to live. There was not a hint that this house was haunted by an active, though unhappy, ghost. As a ghost implies a frightening specter in my mind, I think I prefer the term spirit. This haunting was confirmed to be human. The haunting did not begin immediately. Months passed, perhaps a year. It began unnoticed. There was no warning of any kind, nor even a hint of warning from the landlord. On what I recall as a very lovely late summer day, at three o'clock in the afternoon, our front entry door opened with a bang and the loud clatter of swinging Venetian blinds. My wife and son were with me in our family room watching television. My daughter was serving in the military and was far off and unexpected. Our heads snapped sharply as we quickly looked into each other's eyes for a hint of understanding regarding what just happened. There was none. Two probabilities came to mind. The first being my daughter, home on unexpected leave with the intent of surprising us. The second was criminal home invasion. After a moment spent gathering my wits, I moved from the family room to the living room. I found our entry door wide open, and the blinds which covered its window still swaying side by side. The door, for those prone to detail, opened inward, 
There was no apparent explanation for what had happened. The door was used very little by our family and was kept locked. The door was rather difficult to open, as the door itself was simply stuck in the frame. It took a lot of effort to open, and when the door finally did, it popped free rather heavily. As a result of being stuck, or jammed, and the force it took to open it, the metal Venetian blinds would swing, sway, and clatter. In all, annoying enough that our front door was almost never used. After the first experience, things changed. The front door continued to open, although not frequently. The back door would also be found open from time to time. Bedroom doors opened much more frequently, and on one bedroom in particular. As we were never in fear, and there was no show of hostility, we accepted our new reality. There may also have been an occasional noise during the night, but nothing of real note. We simply adopted whoever this was and often spoke to them with simple greetings or conversation. This came to an end for us in 1998, when it was time to return to my work abroad. And movers came to take away our belongings. While this went on, the lady living next door spoke to me over the fence and asked if anything unusual happened during our stay. I affirmed that it had. Then she told me the following. A woman and her daughter lived in that house in years past. The girl, a high school student, was 16 or 17 years old. On a New Year's Eve, the girl wanted to attend a party. The mother declined because of a severe ice storm. The girl went anyway. The mother waited until the early morning hours for her daughter's return before crying herself to sleep. The mother was awakened by crying and discovered her daughter sitting in the chair next to her bed. The girl sobbed. I'm sorry. The girl repeated her statement, then vanished. After three days of searching, the girl's car was located upside down in a canal used by a local power company to produce electricity. The girl's body was in the car, which had slid off the icy road into the frozen canal. The woman who told me this was a sister of the girl's mother, making her the aunt of the girl. They had lived side by side as neighbors, as well as relatives. I recall all of this with great clarity. This is a true and accurate presentation of what I experienced. I love all the stories you read. And that's from Mr. Riggs. Man, thank you very much for sharing. I loved it. Yeah, creepy. And it's kind of sad about the uh, high school student. Yeah, you hear about that in the news every once in a while. You know, uh, teenagers went out during a winter storm. Sometimes they're gone for years until a fisherman in a lake, <laughs> you know, uh, sees a, a car at the bottom of the lake and they find the, the missing people. Yeah, it happens all the time. It's too bad. Yeah, and like I said, in, actually in the previous uh, stories, uh, it was just banging doors, it was making some noise, and it looks like you uh, just accepted it and maybe had some conversations or just speaking out loud, saying hi, whatever. 
Yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, Mr. Riggs, thank you very much for sharing. Loved it. And that is it, guys. That's all the stories we have for tonight. As always, we're flattered that you come to the RPA Network, and hopefully you are enjoying something that we have here for you. And don't forget, we're on something like 33-plus platforms like iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify. So if you're at work listening to your top 40 stuff, just to search for us, Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast slash network. And if you decide to get your spook on during the day, yeah, listen to some ghost stories. Why not? Or go to realparanormalactivity.com, watch all the films and videos, everything's there, all the categories on the right-hand side, easily navigatable. And, of course, get the free RPA app. Just go to your app store, do a search for Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast network, download it for free, fully functional, stream anytime, anywhere. And with that, I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Brendan, and it's also made possible by LaFosse Corporation. And, man, we love you guys. Oh, yeah, we do. As always, thank you and good night.